Hello and welcome to episode two of the Out for Blood podcast. My name is Shane Hubbard and with me today, my co-host Rachel. Hello, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. So we thought it would be a really good idea today to talk about our personal journeys with donating blood from, you know, maybe our first donation to what what we're up to now. So do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I can start it off. Okay, go ahead. Well, I mean, we all start somewhere, right? (laughs) So my going back years and years ago, um, I started off in high school as a blood donor, but I actually started off as a blood drive ambassador with Houchin, how ironic that I worked for (laughs) them years later. Um, So I started off as a blood drive ambassador, which basically just means I would help recruit other students within my high school to come and donate blood whenever we'd host a blood drive on campus. And, you know, really why I did it was to just get out of class class, and (laughs) make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the morning. Um, And I got to hang out with my friends for a couple hours. I mean, I was gone for I was out of class for most of the day. And. It was a lot of fun. I got a lot of free stuff. At the end of the year, I got to go to a a dinner that was hosted for all of the ambassadors at every single school. So that's where I had started. And then right after I had graduated high school, I went off to college, forgot about donating blood. Again, in the last episode, I had mentioned I, d- I didn't know about the importance of blood. Again, I did it to get out of class and get the free stuff. And I stopped for five years and I think I had donated probably six times before I got back into it. And in order to get a gallon, you have to donate eight times. And so I was two away from my gallon (laughs) and I wish I would have donated within those five years of stopping because I would be over five gallons now (laughs) and I'm getting close to two gallons. Um, So really I didn't, I didn't donate again until I started working for Houchin. And ever since I started working for Houchin, I've donated every single time. And you can donate every every eight weeks, every right. 56 days. And so I've, I've been donating ever since. And I've never really been terrified of needles. I was a little nervous because my family members are very terrified of needles. <laughs> so them talking about it made me nervous. Sure. Um, but really, I've just been, I've never looked back. And I'm planning on getting over 30 gallons. I'm going to be 90 years old and still <laughs> donating. Um, and so my goal is to donate as much as I can. And I want to, for my future children, I don't have any, but for my future children, I want to, I want to share the importance of donating blood, um, with them and hope that they'll bring that onto their children and just, um, it'll just keep going on, creating a legacy. <laughs> and that, you know, before I get into mine, uh, that actually reminds me of someone who uh, I was just reading uh, some of our share your stories. So in our canteen and throughout our uh, facility, we have these little pieces of paper that allow you to share your story as a donor. And one of the things that they read was, is that her father used to take her to donate blood. So she was too young to donate because the minimum age is 16, right? Mm-hmm. 16. 16 with, uh, you have to have a permission slip from one of your parents, right? which you can find online. Um, 17, you don't need a permission slip, but 16 is the youngest that you can donate with the permission slip and there's no age cap. So as I mentioned, you could be 90 years old and you right, as donate. long as you're in good yeah. health and you meet all the criteria and your iron's good and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And she said that her father brought her along. And so just that routine and that habit of him donating was sort of passively passed on to her. And, mm-hmm. and so she wanted to give back and she saw the importance firsthand, which I think 
at least for me, made a big difference as a donor, uh, you know, actually donating. I heard about it, you know, you, you, you see it advertised or you hear it advertised and it doesn't really hit you until you, you know, you start donating and Mm -hmm. when you start reading these stories. And so, um, all that being said, the first time I ever donated was actually at a mobile and I didn't even know that you could donate blood on a mobile. Um, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, I was thinking that it would be like in some hot van somewhere, not realizing that blood needs a certain temperature and all this stuff. So it was actually my wife's um, former company that she worked for. And there was a mobile there and I was at home. I was sitting at home and I at at the time I was a personal trainer. And so I I have a lot of the middle of the day uh, free to just kind of hang out before I have to go back to work. And so she texts me and she goes, I need to hit certain numbers. I need you to come down and help help <laughs> get the numbers up to, to donate. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, get your butt over here. And I was like, okay. So I drive all the way halfway across town to to donate. And I had never donated before. So I was just not trying to get in trouble with my soon to be wife. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went and donated and uh, I had no idea what to expect. But yeah, they take you, you know, I did, had no idea you had to answer all those questions and how particular everything needs to be. And it makes all it makes a ton of sense as you as you go through the process. I mean, blood is you can transfer, you know, diseases and things through blood. So we want to make sure that, you know, everyone who's donating is is not only suitable to, to donate from a you know personal health standpoint, but also um, has hydrated and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they, they gave me some water. It was I think it was some time in the middle of summer that um, I was donating. So I got plenty of water um, and then, you know, you sit, you answer some questions at the time we didn't have the app or didn't have the the web-based form you just had to read it and fill out um, a piece of paper like a test at school like an SAT test or something um and then i uh yeah so then i got on the bus and from there on it was pretty pretty routine um i had only ever uh given blood to test you know things for my health and stuff like that so the best part for me honestly uh when i first uh, started donating was getting the, the free t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I think that was the coolest thing. That's what motivated me. I think we all have external reasons why we do things. And that was at least my initial one. It takes some time to have internal motivation to donate, you know, whether it's you hear a story about somebody or, um, you know, you just start to realize just how important your, your donations are. Um, but yeah, the, the, the free snacks and all of the, all the cool things that come with donating as incentives have always been a kind of a cool way to get people in the door Mm -hmm. so to speak well I think I mean my altruistic motivation has changed as well I mean I mentioned that I just wanted to get out of class I mean I didn't really think that the fact that I was saving lives I was just doing it for the free stuff but now my whole perspective has changed and so I mean of course I love to get a free t-shirt but I don't need a free t-shirt um that's not why I donate anymore um so really my whole mindset has changed of donating blood and it's because I'm educated on it now. And I think that's a big, that's just a big thing is a lot of people just aren't aware of how important it is. And so it it really just comes down to the education. Um, and I mean, that's really what changed my mindset. So. Yeah. One thing that Rachel and I were talking about, um, just a couple of days ago, uh, I think it was last week, maybe it was Thursday or Friday. Um, we were talking about some of the reasons why uh, there's been a blood shortage, not just in mm-hmm. Kern County, but just, you know, throughout the U.S. And one of the reasons is, is because of schools not being in session, a large portion of our blood donations anyway come from high school students. Um, and so that's been something that we've been really trying to encourage more high school kids. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough because like 
you know, you're, you're at home all day. Maybe you're virtual, you're in virtual learning. I don't know how many schools have gone back to some somewhat normal status, yeah. but, um, we used to go to high schools all the time and, and have our mobiles there. And so, um, you know, if you're, if you're a high school student listening to this, or you're a parent who has a, you know, a high school age student, um, that's one of the things we've been really trying to encourage more people to do is mm-hmm. just spread the word about, you know, if you're, you know, seven, 16 or older, you know, uh, if you can, you know, find some time in your day to, to come down and donate and get a free t-shirt or snacks in the canteen. Uh, that would be, that would be awesome. Well, and to add to that before COVID was started, uh, high schools were 20% of our blood supply. That's, that's a huge amount. Large portion. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that diminished, I mean, we had to think of other ways to encourage people to donate and going back to high schools, I mean, that's when a lot of people become first-time donors. I mean, right. that's when I became a first-time donor. It's when a lot of my friends became first-time donors. It's just kind of an easy way to um, educate students. Um, and even though some might not be doing it for the saving the lives part, maybe the free right. part, it is one way to help encourage people to still come in and donate. And it it starts at mobiles typically because we're going on their campuses. So now, I mean, we're in a totally different um, atmosphere. And yes, people are returning back to schools now, but who knows if we're going to be able to go back and host mobiles as much as we were in the past. So that is one thing that we're working on is finding finding different ways to attract those high school students. Um, and we had mentioned we're into the TikTok area. So um, right. and just reach on social media. I mean, we're we're hoping that high school students are following us on Instagram at Houching Houching Blood Bank, um, and on our Twitter and Facebook. We're trying to stay on top of the trends that are going on, um, and just finding ways on where all the high school students are now, um, and just finding ways to bring them into the door since we can't come to them as easily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know when I was thinking about that entire subject, it it reminded me of um, you know someone I was talking to and and. She was saying, like you had mentioned, you know, the younger you are to get started, the easier it is to do it as you get older and older because it's just become a habit at that point. Mm-hmm. It's just something that you do uh, because you know the importance of it. I mean, that doesn't always come first. Like you had mentioned, you got started because you wanted to get out of class and mm-hmm. getting out of class. When I was in high school, that was that was the best. Uh, I played sports. And so anytime I got to skip fifth period, it was like, yeah, I'll <laughs> definitely do that, um, even if I don't start or play or anything. But um, yeah, that's how it starts. And that's, that's sort of the, the thing that gets you going. And then after a while you start to realize just how important it is and, and how much it means to everyone around you, including the phlebotomists, everyone who helps you out, um, in your entire community. Um, I just not too long ago, I remember hearing about someone that was, that was saved by a blood transfusion. And mm-hmm. even though I now work for Houchin and I, I know what goes on, um, the fact that that is being spoken about more really was encouraging. It was good to hear that people are being saved every single day, just from a, like you said, a simple, you know, eight minute uh, transfusion from your own body into a bag to help someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, and you had mentioned the phlebotomist, which I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we want to treat our donors like their family. I mean, we want to make sure each and every person that's coming into the door is getting an amazing experience and they're being graded by their first name. They are, if they've never donated before, we're walking them through the process. And uh, if they are scared of needles, we're telling them the step-by-step of what's going to happen. Or um, I know sometimes 
someone will let you like squeeze their hand or um, tell right. you to take a deep breath. And then um, we just, we try to make people feel like family. And when they return and come back, we, we remember you. Um, and uh, it's just, that's just a really good feeling. And so we want to make sure for all those new donors that they get that feeling every time or even avid donors that they feel appreciated every single time that they come in because I mean, again, they're, they're saving lives. And so it's just, it's, it's really cool. That actually brings me back to a, a the, some memories of my first time donating and realizing how friendly everyone was. Mm -hmm. Like I was, even though I was trying not to seem like I was nervous, I was nervous when I was the first time I was donating. And, um, the fact that everyone was so nice and they, they asked me how I was doing, they actually cared. Like, you know, how people ask you like how you're doing like mm. in a hallway and then just keep walking and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to tell you how my day was um, or anything <laughs> like that, you know, but, um, but they actually wanted to know. And I, I remember speaking to Natalie before I knew who Natalie was, it was Natalie. And, and um, I forget the exact phlebotomist that helped me out, but maybe she could tell I was a little nervous. I don't know, but she sort of coached me through it. And that's what we do because we do want you not only to come back and feel like you're a part of the family, but mm -hmm. we want you to feel good in a setting that you might be un unfamiliar with until it becomes familiar because you keep, you know, you keep coming back and you keep donating and any environment that's um, inviting and, and where the, where you like the people that are there, you're going to want to go back, you mm -hmm. know, even if it's, you know, even if it is donating blood and not necessarily like your, you know, local, local uh, recreation club or something like that. Yeah. And you have a story, right? Um, that how blood donations has affected you or yeah. your family members. Yeah. So my cousin was born premature. I think he was born two months premature. And um, it just so happened that my dad had the same blood type as he did. So it was my, or it was my dad's sister's kid. So those are my, my cousins. And um, so because he was born premature, he had a match with my dad. I think he had O positive blood and so mm -hmm. did my dad. And so um, in order to save his life, uh, my dad donated right there at the hospital. Um, I forget how long the transition time was between him donating and, and my cousin getting the blood, but uh, it essentially saved his life. And um, as we were growing up, we used to kid around. His name is Tyson, and we used to tell him that he was our brother because he had he had our blood in him and and which was true anyway because he was our cousin but you know it it made it kind of was a cool story to have because it sh it showed me whether i knew how important it was at that age um it early on showed me just how important you know donating blood is even if it isn't an emergency like my dad wasn't planning on donating blood that day mm -hmm. but it's it's a powerful way to to save a life especially for someone who doesn't have any other option at that time when you had mentioned blood type O, so there's blood type A, blood type B, blood type O, and blood type AB. Right. Um, and O is the universal blood type. So uh, especially O negative and CMV negative, which we can go into more details later, that's needed for premature babies. And so right. we're always trying to recruit for that. Um, and some of the, the stories that we've heard, and as we had mentioned in the last episode, our community is always big, especially when we share stories of premature babies being born. All of everybody's coming in and donating. Um, so if you ever hear us at telling people to come in and donate, uh, if you're a blood type O, um, your your blood could be going to premature baby. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We have a uh, me and my wife have a friend who's uh, CMV negative and an O negative, and um, she's she's the most awesome person in the world. I think recently we had 
we had heard from one of our local hospitals that there was a, a premature baby. So we put that, that post out mm -hmm. and uh, we called her like, she's like our on call, like O negative blood donor. And she's so cool. And she, she loves to, to give back any way she can. She's always been like that, but she came right down within like 10 minutes. She doesn't live too far away from the yeah. bolt house location and, and she donated. And uh, so, yeah, the community responds amazing to uh, those sorts of uh, calls for well, help. And a lot of people, that have either been impacted by a blood transfusion themselves or for their family members or a close friend, they're almost sometimes are, are avid donors, the ones that come in and donate the most because they have, they've, they've been impacted um, and they've experienced it firsthand. And so they know the importance of it. So again, it comes back to those stories and uh, we want to share those stories because it's, it's really important and it shows you truly how how your blood donation is affecting other people in a positive way so yeah many people start off that way you know it, mm -hmm. it we don't all jump at the occasion to to donate blood and and that's okay i think sometimes we all have to kind of go our own route and and find out how it works best for us but i've read plenty of stories where you know from our own donors that said i started donating blood because you know, my father needed it or my mother needed it or um, my friend has cancer. And so I wanted to start donating platelets. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times it's those, you know, those stories that really get at your heart that, that make it the biggest difference for you to you know, go out there and, you know, donate blood. Yeah. Pulls those heartstrings. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what always gets me. I, sometimes I wish there wasn't a deferral time, which we need the deferral time. Right. But <laughs> I wish I could just donate as much as I could. But obviously... I can't. <laughs> that reminds me of a TikTok we did where, where Anna came in with a bucket and remember? Yeah. <laughs> and she was saying like, uh, I have blood. And she's like, no, you can't bring in blood. Oh, it's, you have to, it's not mine. It's not mine. Yeah, it's not mine. And then she runs out. That was funny. That was a good, that was a good video. For legal purposes, it was a joke. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It was totally a joke. Please do not show up with buckets of blood. <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah. So... Well, and going back to, I, I won't say a name, but um, one of our, she she can't donate yet because she did receive a transfusion, but um, her baby was born at 24 weeks old, uh, weighing less than two pounds. That is, I mean, size of my palm. Right. I mean, I can't even imagine. I was holding my nephew when he was born. He was, I think he weighed about seven pounds and he just was so fragile and so small that I was scared to even move. So I couldn't even imagine a baby less than two pounds. And, and so, I mean, that baby had to receive multiple transfusions. And as you had mentioned previously, the mom is a huge advocate and is very, very supportive of people coming in and donating. And she uses her, her platforms to share that story. And her baby is so cute. And um, the baby is doing very well, very healthy, the baby is about nine months old now. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's weighing, um, weighing over probably 10 pounds now. So it's, right. He's it's very healthy awesome. now. Yeah. yeah. So it's success stories like that that makes us feel good. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I do it anyway. Like going back to kind of my own story, like in the beginning, it, it was just, Hey, let's get, you know, the latest t-shirt or, which they're awesome t-shirts by the way, like the designs are always really cool. So they're super attractive. But, um, you know, when you, when you really start to understand you know, how many people a day, uh, need a blood transfusion, it's, it's, it's all I ever need these days, um, to, to go in. And, um, it's, 
it's made a big difference in my own life. I think, you know, selfishly anyway, it, when you do something for somebody else, it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's all it takes too. Um, if, if you're looking at it that way, you know, but, um, yeah, I've, I think that the, the more you can find a reason to donate in any way, shape or form, whether it's platelets, you know, plasma or, or blood, um, I think that's, that should be on everyone's agenda. Yeah. Well, and going back, I mean, whether you're, there's a homeless person on the corner and they say that they, they have a sign saying that they're hungry and you go buy them a hot dog, you feel good afterwards. Yeah. Unless they ask you for more money, but right. <laughs> um, yeah. You always, you feel, you feel good. Um, and that's how, that's how people feel when they come in. And I think what shows how, of a heart our donors have is that they never meet these people they don't know whose lives they've affected they could be walking in the grocery store and that could be somebody that they don't that receive their their blood and i think that is what crazy and it shows really the personalities and who they are as a person because they're doing something good with never ever knowing who it goes to um and that in itself shows how great of a person they are yeah, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. So, Rachel, I have to ask you a question. Yeah, I'm scared. Why can't Taylor Swift <laughs> donate blood? I don't know, Shane. Why? Because she has bad blood. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was the dad joke of the day. We'll have plenty more. <laughs> yeah, we'll have plenty more. I'm a dad joke machine, so you'll be hearing plenty of these jokes in the future. <laughs> Well, and um, if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can go to Houch and Blood Bank. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. That's the ones we're most active on. Uh, we had early mentioned earlier that we're on TikTok as well. Um, so yeah, follow us if you have any questions as far as whether you're eligible to donate. Um, you can always go to our website, hcbb.com, or you can call us. Um, so there's always ways to, to get more information. One thing that's really cool too, if you've once you start donating, um, you'll have a, a donor portal, and so you can yeah. you can check out all the information. Whether it's like maybe you forget your blood type. I know in the beginning I had no idea what my blood type was. Um, you can see how many donations you've had. Um, you can see when your next uh, available donation time is. It change. It's different for platelets and, and plasma. So uh, and and whole blood. So whole blood is every fifty six days, right? Mm-hmm. And then platelets is every seven days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, it's different. For for each of those, we we have donors that donate platelets every Saturday. It's like their little Saturday routine, or every uh, Thursday, or whatever day they pick. Um, and then whole blood is obviously eight weeks, so that's a little bit longer. But it's re- it's a really cool place to go and just uh, see all your information because we get lots of calls like, "Hey, when's the next time I can donate?" And that's why we created the donor por- portal so that you can go on there and check out yourself. Feel free to still call us; we love yeah. hearing from all of you. But um, yeah, that's that's another cool feature that I didn't know about until I started donating more frequently. And not a bad thing, but if you are a person that does like extra incentives, we always have some sort of promotion going on every single month. Matter of fact, we have a very large promotion that's going to be coming up in July where we are giving away a whole entire car. Right. Yeah. A whole car. (laughs) A whole car. Yeah. You're getting the wheels, the engine, you're getting everything. None Um, of the fluid though. You have to buy that yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, don't forget the blinker fluid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We had a little discussion about that earlier. That was funny. <laughs> um, that's going to be a four-month campaign. So you can increase your chances the more you donate. So you can donate. It's a four-month campaign, which means you can donate twice for whole blood. 
But if you are a platelet plasma donor, your chances increase because you can donate every seven days for platelets. And so, I mean, that increases your chances a lot of possibly winning this car. So, um, yeah, and we'll have more details on what that car will be soon. Yeah, and if, if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't ineligible, I would definitely want that because I I need a new car. <laughs> right. I, yeah, yeah, I'm tired of paying for this one. But anyway, I also don't like the way it looks anymore. Uh, that was that was something I liked in the beginning, but I don't like it anymore. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> three way Chevrolet is going to be uh, they're our partner for that, so they were kind right. enough to partner uh, with us again. Yeah, very uh, kind. They donated a car back in. I think it was 2019. It was a Chevy Spark, and mm-hmm. uh, this is this one's going to be a good car. It's yeah, be I'm really excited good. about. Not it. saying a Chevy Spark is not, but right, we're we're going to have a really. Yeah, good I know one. what the car is, and I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm I would be excited mm-hmm. to win it. Yeah, so definitely make sure that you come down, donate whole blood when you can, uh, make it a routine to donate platelets, get as many entries as you can, because each time you get an entry, it increases your chances, like Rachel said. So yeah, if you if you need a new car, you want a new car. Definitely come down and that that could be your incentive for the next four months if you don't have any other ones. Well, and sometimes, I mean, if you ever have any questions of what the process is like, whether you're eligible to donate or you have a a story to share with us, feel free to reach out to us on social media um, and let us know those questions you have and we can answer it on our next episodes. Yeah, and hopefully we'll start having um, some phlebotomists on on the podcast, mm-hmm. and we can because I think that would be really good just to to hear from their perspective because they they spend the most time with our donors, um, mm-hmm. and and so they get to hear what it's like to you know what they say, what they what what kind of fears they have. So we'd love to address those because I I really do think that like some of the one of the biggest entry barriers of entry to to donating can just be that you're not familiar with the process. If, mm-hmm. if we can create that picture in your head for you uh, so that when you walk in, it hopefully looks exactly or at least some similar to uh, what you imagine, then that, that sort of fear goes away. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how it works. That's how it worked for me anyway. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Shane and I, we mentioned we're in marketing and we know the basics of the requirements, but you definitely don't want me sticking a needle <laughs> for you. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm afraid of needles for the most part. So, like, if if I stick you, something really bad is going on. Plus, our phlebotomists, I mean, they they they're very kind. They're great people. Uh, they're people persons, if that's a word. I don't know. They're mm-hmm. they're good with people. They're friendly. They like to have conversations. They you know they they are the kind of people that want are happy to see you there, but they're also the kind of people that want to you know know how you're doing. And mm-hmm. you know, if you're a frequent donor, like we have some. Like Rachel had mentioned, we have some 10 gallon donors and they talk with our phlebotomists like they're best friends or close friends. And mm-hmm. so um, they're some of the best people to talk to when it comes to the process. Yeah, we know information. They talk about their kids. We talk about our families. I mean, it it really does become that family or close friend relationship. I mean, you get to know them as the more that they donate. Um, right. And it, it's it's pretty cool. I won't forget the first time that I walked in and... Uh, one of the phlebotomists knew my name. It was like, I think it was my sixth donation. And I was donating at Bolt House because that's closer to where I live. And that made me feel really good because, mm-hmm. you know, you walk into like McDonald's and like, what do you want? You know, they don't know your name. They don't know who you are. They don't recognize you at at, at Houch. And we, when we see you, we, we remember you because we treat you like family and we want you to feel like you're a part of a family because you really are. I mean, we're one big 
blood family, if that doesn't sound weird, but you know, it's, we're all here <laughs> to help our communities and, and we want to make that possible for you. We, we treat everyone pretty much like royalty. We, we yeah. put you on that pedestal because I mean, as we mentioned, you, you guys are heroes. I mean, it's not every day where you get to save three lives. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I would say that that's it for episode number two. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to, you know, before you stop listening to this podcast and move on with the rest of your day. Don't forget to add us on social media at uh, Houching Community Blood Bank. Uh, make sure you visit our website if you have any questions. It's www.hcbb.com. If you want to schedule an appointment, it's the same address, hcbb.com uh, forward slash schedule. And you can look at all of the available times at either the Bolt House location or the Truxton location. Or if maybe you want to visit a mobile, maybe there's one closer to your work, something like that. Uh, you can check out some of the mobile locations as well. Yeah, and don't forget to su subscribe for the Out for Blood podcast. Yeah. We have lots of stuff planned for you guys. and. Um, if you have any topics that you want us to cover, let us know too. Yeah, exactly. And, and when you subscribe, you'll get to, you know, if you've liked these two episodes, you'll get to the, you'll be some of the first people that know that we have a new episode out. So make sure you do that before you leave. Yeah. And we're entertaining. So yeah, I mean, we have great out. dad jokes. I mean, we have great stories. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to listen to our podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, if anything, we have two listeners cause we know we'll listen at least. Yeah. So. I'm definitely going to, well, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to hear my voice on the, on the <laughs> podcast. I already listened to my own voice enough in my videos and <laughs> okay, stuff. Okay, now we have one. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So please listen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we only have one. Please stay with us. Um, but yeah, so thank you for your time today. Um, whether this was listening on your commute or you're out for a walk, uh, thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. And like Rachel said, if you if there's anything that you have been thinking, maybe you even have your own story. I mean, we have lots of donors that don't know that we would love to hear their story. So if you have your own story, um, whether it's just why you started donating or maybe you have a family member who uh, gets blood transfusions regularly, it'd be awesome to hear. Um, no story is, is, is boring. Trust me. I've read thousands of stories that we've had submitted already and they're all very interesting. And uh, it's great to hear all the difference that all those stories have. Well, actually, before we end, I kind of want to throw this, this story in there. Yeah. We had one donor, uh, we have some papers that people can fill out and we had do one blood donor say that, I mean, he wasn't, he was an alcoholic right. and, um, Never, he never really, or did he, he donated blood, didn't he? But for not good reasons. Right. Yeah. It's sort of just, he just donated to feed his current addiction. Yeah. Right? And he, he turned his whole life around. Right. And I mean, you, you get used to the stories of uh, my family member received a transfusion, which are beautiful, beautiful stories, but this one was different and it, it stood out from the other ones. Right. Um, because he, it's been, I think 20 years yep. and he has years. changed his whole entire life around and is one of our avid donors and hearing stories like that. It's just phenomenal on how blood donations can change somebody's life, not even as a recipient, but as a donor. Right. Uh, which is, is pretty cool. So we'll, we'll end it at that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'll throw in our tagline in there when you Go give people it. live. So. Yeah. When you give people live. <laughs>